Saturday, August 6, 2011 in Salt Lake City will be our next live show, and it will be hosted by the lovely Zilpha Larson. Wait, I thought it was hosted by the fabulous John Larson. Well, maybe we'll both be there. And um, this year, we're going to shake it up and do something different. This show is mostly a concert. We have five great bands who will be there, including... That's right. We've got Shane Jackman, McCall Erickson, Kristen Erickson, Otter Creek. Um, that's the Danzigs. Peter and Mary. We also have David Jorgensen. There'll be live commentary and music. And our theme this year is... Uh, Embracing uncertainty. So if you're not sure about if you want to go to the show or not just embrace the uncertainty and go for it uh tickets are available now if you go to mormonexpression.com slash tickets uh you can get your ticket there the list price is 17 dollars. it'll be 22 at the door but now for a limited time you can pay whatever price you think is decent we have some sponsors who are helping pick up the tab um, and help pay the musicians and the sound guys and all that sort of stuff yep so um it's a great opportunity to name your own price and go get your ticket um there there are a limited number of seats and i know a lot of people are planning on coming and sort of putting off buying their tickets so you want to make sure you get yours early so you can reserve your seat there will also be some extra special um guests showing up um personalities from the podcast and whatnot yep <laughs> and you get a chance to to meet the lovely uh, uh zilpha larson and her trollish husband <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mormon Expression. This is Heather, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we have with us Randy. Hi, Randy. Good evening, everyone. Why don't you tell everybody what episodes you've been on so they can kind of catch up and remember who you are? I was a panelist on the first go-round um, in New York right after uh, the opening of the Book of Mormon musical, and I was a panelist on the Screw Tape Letters. And you are the angry atheist of the podcast scene, right? Yeah, I don't know if anyone uh, caught that. Yes, I am an atheist. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> and we also have Matt. Hello, Matt. Hey, Heather. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, since this is your first time on the show? I'm a Mormon expression noob. I've been uh, been asked to participate here by Randy, uh, who I'm friends with uh, in real life, and a listener of... Mormon Expressions, a lover of all things musical theater, and although I haven't seen the Book of Mormon musical, I am uh, have listened to every word of it, including the dialogue through a uh, less than lawful means. Um, married, have kids, uh, served a mission, and uh, in a tenuous place with the church right now. All right, well, thanks for coming on. Now that's a good, that's a great explanation. And uh, we also have Dustin, and he is of. Mormon stories and Mormon matters recent fame. Yes. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Hello. Hello. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got on the podcast tonight? Oh, I was invited by Randy as well to be a part of this. Uh, he and I saw it back in March when the group went out there to see it. I actually served my mission in New York, uh, New York City. So for me, it was kind of a, a bit of a, hum, uh, a homecoming event for me to go back to New York City. Although I've been back a few times, it was it was a neat opportunity to go back and see this show in New York City. Um, I'm an attorney by trade, and I live in Arizona. I think the, by way of my other 
podcast recordings, you can probably get my entire bio. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> In extended form. I think there's like five hours of it, so I won't belabor oh, yes. anybody. Yeah, that's, that's pretty average, I think, for Mormon stories. <laughs> Just to be clear, he's not the angry black Mormon. He's the, he's the, <laughs> he's the content black Mormon. The moderating, the moderating I'm, black I'm Mormon. Smart. That's right. That's right. All right, so we have all come together today to talk about the recent criticism of the Book of Mormon musical. Now, I haven't seen the Book of Mormon musical, but I have read a lot of the criticism that's been showing up in the papers and online recently. And so there was an article recently in Mormon Times that just totally got my goat. And I I called John and I said, uh, can I please do a podcast about this unless somebody else is already doing it? And he gave me the go ahead. And so I called Glenn because... Glenn has actually seen it, and he he was the contact I had, so I called him, and he backed out, but he set me up with you guys. So uh, for this episode, what I'd like to do is talk about the one article in particular, but then just the criticism that's been coming out recently, and whether or not it's fair, and and uh, what we think of it. So that's basically where we're going to start off. Anybody have anything they want to add to that? No, let's do this. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, just, just for the record, uh, both Dustin and I have seen it twice. Yeah, I was getting ready to add that as well. I've um, seen it twice. Uh, in March and then again in, Mar- in May. Right. Are you and, bragging or are you trying to show something Well, this is a very important point because every article of criticism was written by someone who hadn't seen the play or the musical. So, you know, we've seen it twice, Dustin and I. So, so we okay, well, can share, can share not all of you. us are as, as, has the means of you, doctor. Yeah, we're not all rich. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so let's talk about that for just a second. Does somebody actually have to see something or experience something to criticize it? Well, I, I think I, so. I think it helps. <laughs> so none of us should have a negative opinion on the use of cocaine unless we've tried cocaine. No, but when wow. you're doing that's a straw man of a two, three hour Broadway production and you've not seen it, but you're going to articulate and criticize and make an argument that it's not even worth seeing. It's, it falls on its face in my, in, from my opinion. Well, here, here's a question then. Is is listening to the soundtrack, is that sufficient for, for someone to, uh, in order to criticize at least that? Or does it have to be viewed in context in order to say, uh, yes, this is something that, that's worthy or this is something that's not? I think it helps because uh, I did see it with, the first time we saw it was opening night. Dustin was there. We, we had nothing uh, other than a few intimations and in articles of what, what we were about to experience. And then we experienced it. And then we were all trying to sing the songs afterwards. And we were awful at recreating it. And we all and were anx- afraid- anxiously awaiting the, the, the anxiously sound- awaiting it. So the second time I went was just this last weekend. And I happened to go with uh, another Mormon expression panelist, uh, Glenn's sister and her husband. And they had listened to the entire uh, soundtrack before watching the musical and they're like, Oh, there's so much that yes. filled in a lot yeah. of the gaps that they didn't understand and, and, and added context to a lot of the really, you know, things that just at face value are raunchy and crude. Absolutely. 
But and see, that's that. That's what I would say, Matt. Is that if you just listen to the audio that you're going to get of, of the individual songs without the context of what's going on, I don't know how you can get the 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 inspirational message, that sweet message that 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 brought that the that the reviewers at the Tony um, spoke about, and others who have criticized it uh, or who have complimented it. You're you're going to get more if you know what's going on. If you just hear a a song that has a lot of a lot of f bombs in it, of course you're going to be appalled by it. But when you understand, sure, it, that's, there, there are two I, songs that are by the Africans, and it's it's in context. It's by the Ugandans. It's in a context. I think you appreciate it more. Right. I, in my experience, uh, I can judge musical based on the soundtrack. I, I've never listened to a soundtrack and and loved it and not loved the musical. I've never listened to a soundtrack and hated it uh, and then seen it and said, "Yeah, no, that's a really good uh, oh, musical." So, so I, I, I do think it's, it's – if that's the limited uh, exposure that a person has had to the musical, uh, I, I do think it's fair uh, that you get enough of a taste of, of what the musical is, although all the themes and, 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 and the ultimate theme, I guess, uh, might be missed. Uh, but I think at least a criticism is, is appropriate or at least a critique is appropriate. Uh, if at least they've seen that, I think my concern, or the thing that's 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 bothered me, is uh, many of the people uh, were were criticizing the the show simply based on the writers. This is South Park garbage. This is uh, mm-hmm. this is the Book of Mormon, and it and it shouldn't be presented in any way but a faith promoting and sacred uh, context. That's what I do get a lot of, and not even the the step of. I've at least heard the music, and this is my view of it. Well, I think we could all, though, um, at least concede that this musical isn't for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Oh, heavens no. I wouldn't take my young kids to go see it. Okay. And, and I actually do we all, would, but that's different. <laughs> do we all think it's okay if believers, if if really devout people are offended by this, about I, the, the I, light... I expect it. I I, I expect it. Um, There's two things. This I I talked to Matt about this last night. There's two things going on. And as a as a a true believer, most of my life, I I understand where they're coming from. First of all, Mormons are forbidden to watch even rated R movies, right? So, Mm -hmm. the first thing they got is this um, aversion to anything off color, crude. You know, in their in their in their mind, obscene. That's beyond you know Disney. Mm-hmm. They they want the world to be Disney, and uh, and that's kind of what they're expected. They're expected to not watch things that are inappropriate that might give them unclean thoughts and all that stuff. The second thing that's going on is that uh, there's and I've learned this so many times in trying to explain why I don't believe to my believing family and friends is that there's no way that you can criticize or critique the Mormon beliefs without it being painful to them, uh, mm-hmm. without them perceiving it as a personal attack because, um, it's so much of who they are. And, and so I don't, I don't see how a, a true believing Mormon could ever sit through much of this musical. I mean, I guess maybe they could get through it till they get to Uganda, but then that's it. I could imagine them walking out. So I totally believe, and, and, and as a true believer, I, uh, you know, South Park came out when I was at BYU, and, and they started out moderately crude, kind of like The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and then there was a time they got, they, they started to push the envelope, they started to mock Jesus, and I swore off South Park for years, 
So, I wouldn't watch episodes with Jesus on it when I was a believer. I thought it was totally. too blasphemous. Totally, it was blasphemous and it was crude, and it was not for me. It was it was it was going to impede my progression to become like Jesus, and and uh, so I totally get that. I understand how they 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 won't be able, even be capable of giving it a chance. Definitely. So we all agree that we're not coming at this with the attitude that just because you disagree with us, that's what we're having a problem with. Right. No, sure we're not. And and from a right. from a musical theater standpoint, I mean, there are two musicals that I can think of uh, in the last ten twenty years uh, that uh, a lot of people were offended by and would not go see despite their level love of musical theater. Uh, Avenue Q that won uh, was also kind of in this vein, uh, the the crude and the the, the more I guess modern day uh, satirical humor and, and even Rent. Uh, many of my friends, family members, uh, saw that as too adult themed uh, in order to go mm-hmm. to go watch. So this isn't uh, a you, new even, phenomenon. Even the South Park creators made fun of Rent in their uh, their movie uh, Team America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yes, they did. You know the AIDS, 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 AIDS. Everybody has AIDS. <laughs> so. <laughs> See for me, I had I had never even seen. I, I, I hate to admit this, admit this. I've never seen a South Park episode. I know oh, who I know who. The, yeah. <laughs> but that's just again, uh, uh, just a reflection of the lifestyle I've, I've chosen to live. I mean, I don't see mm-hmm. that many movies that would be that would offend too many uh, true believing uh, active members of the church. But I but. South Park was just never my thing, and so I never, I never watched the episodes. So I knew of them. I knew that they did some satire. They made fun of a lot of things. I'd heard about that they had made some fun of, of Joseph Smith and the and the and the face in the in the hat uh, episode or something like that. But that's about all. But that was only in the context of of learning about the Book of Mormon being produced on Broadway. That I heard all those different things that had come out. So there was for me, I went in just looking to be entertained. Like I, I, I've seen dozens and dozens of Broadway shows. So I, I knew it would be funny. I knew it would be about the Book of Mormon. I knew it would be about some Ugandans, but that's all I really could expect. Right. Okay. So starting off, we don't. We're not upset that pe- that every Mormon hates the musical or that nope. Mormons out there hate the musical. It's it's the criticism that's coming out in the paper and and online that we want to respond to and give our opinions about. And I think also for me, it's it's the it's the criticism of those of us that have seen it, and yeah. and, and, and and making assumptions about us as individuals because we would go see it, and still definitely. go to church. Definitely. Okay, so let's start going into the actual criticism. Um, the article that just sent me over the edge was: Is the Book of Mormon musical accurate satire? And it was published in the Deseret News and in Mormon Times because those are basically the same publication. And um, and initially in the article, it started talking about how the Book of Mormon musical got all of these things wrong. You've heard it, Matt, and Randy and Dustin have seen it. From your perspectives, what about Mormon theology and the Mormon church did they get wrong? Are you talking to – go, Dustin. Go ahead. I I didn't see a whole lot that was wrong. I'm actually trying to – I'm actually – really trying to figure out what they were talking about. When I read the article, the criticism, it, it almost seemed petty, like they were nitpicking, trying to find something uh, doctrinally inaccurate. Of course, when, I wa- when I've watched you know, shows that depict Mormons, I'll look and see if they get things right. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see a whole lot that was wrong. Did you guys see, see anything? Uh, one of the things that they pointed to that I, I, was, I was surprised about or, or, or I guess confused about is they said, well, uh, they, they've talked about Mormons getting their own planet, and that's kind of a – uh, basically, they want to say that's something they don't really talk about anymore, so they shouldn't have brought it up. 
It's and not that's something that's... we teach. It's not something we emphasize. <laughs> right. That was kind of what the, the, the guy, uh, the person who wrote the article said as far as inaccuracies. Almost that, that's what I heard in my, in my, uh, you know, my, my ear. I mean there were inaccuracies about uh, how you know, – that you only have one companion for the old for, – for the whole – for your and the mission, mission presidency. There was criticism like the number in the mission presidency or something like that. Right. Those, those seem so nitpicky and, yeah. and, and that, that, that it's not even worth uh, talking about. How about that uh, Joseph Smith didn't show the plates to anybody? Okay, <laughs> yeah. that, that one, that one uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, the, the uh, Mormons love to pound the table and say that they had 11 witnesses. Uh, counting Joseph Smith, that's twelve. That'll Matt, you're you're a prosecutor. <laughs> you know, is that that's all you need in court. Dustin, you're a lawyer. You understand that. Witnesses, right? But uh, but when you really look into it, these guys, the the eight witnesses, that that was a form letter that they were. I probably kinda, would have excluded them in my uh, in my veneer. In my <laughs> <laughs> right. In they, they would have been dismissed. Right. Uh, they wouldn't be credible witnesses. Uh, Sec- First of all, they, they signed a form letter. There's some evidence that some of them didn't want to sign it, but they, they, they eventually signed it. Well, like over half of them signed that James Strang had plates too. And that but I, think, it, that's over, I know, think that's giving the critiquer uh, uh, too much uh, credit. Well, the the what point I, of what the I point would is agree. we don't have plates today. We have other archaeological <laughs> evidence of other things today. And so when he says I didn't, I, I didn't show – uh, why? Why did you allow me to die without showing anyone the plates? I, I see that as look, the plates don't exist anymore. Uh, not that hey, maybe you showed them to three or four or eleven people of your uh, that, that were believers uh, at the time who signed an affidavit. That that also seems so nitpicky uh, to me. Right. Okay. And, they, and then the criticism, the criticism of, the, of the spooky Mormon hell dream. Yeah. <laughs> That that's not the hell Mormons believe. We don't in. believe in that kind of a hell. Yeah, but that's we a, have that's we have enough Mormon brimstone guilt, hell. But we have enough Mormon guilt. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Equated to Catholic hell. So the I dancing Starbucks cups. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> so conceptually, well, my, yes, we do. Before the before the play or the musical was even released, the, I, I remember Trey Parker saying, "We got this one song, and there, we didn't write one single joke in this song." But it got the most laughs in our test group, and that song was the one that was uh, displayed on the Tonys. It was, I believe, it's. It was. Well, I am uh, calling BS on that, though. I think he he knew what he was doing with uh, God changing his mind about black people and co Yeah, but it was. I, mean, it was, it was all that I think he expected some laughs. He maybe he expected some laughs, but he those are not jokes. Those are statements of beliefs of Mormons. But right, but those you know that's a good that's a I think that's an interesting uh, point is. Is that uh, is that really just statements of fact, or is that the mocking that the members are talking about? When because I can tell you, when I've talked to people about the musical, that's the one I bring up, and I and I'm singing it and laughing it, and I have had uh, members say, "Stop it! I don't want to hear that." And I'm and I say, "Well, what's offensive about it? What is offensive about it?" And they say, "It's it's the way it's being presented. It's mocking my beliefs." And, and so they view, even though there's no jokes in it per se, or there's statements of belief, they view that's the stuff that I think many Mormons, uh, many many believing members see as being uh, be, where they're being mocked. And, and man, I'm wondering Matt, what do you think about that. Matt, I, I would I would 
I have to jump in here because when I read this article, when I hear people making those types of comments, that very thin skin type of personality, being being a person of color in the church, uh, it really bothers me that someone's going to get offended because someone portrays the, the Mormon religion. My entire life, I mean, I've heard, you, you hear black jokes on TV, on the news, you hear Mormon jokes. You get, I've gotten used to this stuff. My skin is thick, I guess. I, I It really bothers me that people get so outraged or get so upset because someone's mocking them. They're mocking our faith. I've had to learn not to get all ru- my feathers ruffled because someone's talking and making a black joke. I mean, I can tell you how many times walking down the halls at church or in a priesthood meeting where someone makes a comment and you just get used to it and you go on with life. For some reason, we as a, we as a people, as a church, Mormons, we, 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 if anyone says anything slightly critical or, or portrays us, it's just, there's this amazing defensiveness that, that just, just happens. It's like, it's like it's ignited and people get all freaked out about things. Whereas in other contexts, they don't, they don't recognize that there are some legitimate reasons for people to get offended at times. And this is, this really, in my mind was, was not one of them. No. And I think that's the point, Dustin. I think that's, uh, where they, these sacred cows, as if this is untouchable and, and you can't uh, make fun of or mock uh, my beliefs because I hold them sacred. It is that fallback, but this is sacred, not secret. And, 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 and members of the church have so many things they hold sacred to the extent that they feel others should as well. And, and, and that's just not the case. We, if, if, if I want to make fun of uh, transmutation, if I want to make fun of Catholics, and if I want to make fun of um, what I view as overwhelming pedophile priests or Scientologists uh, or, or, or whatever somebody's or, – or PETA's uh, extreme stance and belief on, uh, on, on the protection of animals, I, I have that prerogative because I disagree with it, because I do find it silly. Um, and, and, and extend that further chiropractor, you know, people who go to chiropractors, <laughs> I mock them. I make fun of them. People who go to psychics, all this other, uh, you, you know, I can run the gambit of things uh, pretty good at mocking people apparently, but you, I can find a lot of things and I shouldn't have to not do that simply because other people hold those things and, and those beliefs, uh, whether it be sacred or personal or, or have a really strong view of it. And I think too often Mormons, uh, in particular, do this is my personal uh, religious belief, and therefore it's untouchable, and it's and it's a it's the wrong perspective to have, certainly in in this life. I mean, so let me tell you. Sorry, go ahead, Randy. Well, I'm just saying, this is not a joke, uh, and I believe that the Garden of Eden is in Jackson County, Missouri. I live in Jackson County, Missouri, by the way. That's a statement of a Mormon belief, and it draws it brings the house down. Okay, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know. But all but it's accurate. Doing, but it's, it's accurate. State, it's accurate, and all they're doing, like you're saying, Heather, it's just it's just a statement, a belief. There's not even the, it's not even a big deal, and and they are looking, you know, true believers are looking at that as if that's casting pearls before swine, and it's uh, it, it's 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 pure mockery, and uh, and these guys are clowns. And but doesn't the defensiveness come in because it's they're embarrassed by it? I mean, isn't that kind that's of that's what, what I feel like? I feel to? like it's many of many of these members are, are embarrassed by the teachings. If you bring up polygamy or bring up blacks, the priest, you bring up these different mm-hmm. sensitive issues, they're almost they're 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 ashamed or embarrassed about. So, so they don't want anyone talking about it. And if you talk about it, you're done something wrong. But if it's it's the truth, I mean, I I didn't see anything that they said in in the play that was not true. Uh, let me let me let me tell you my South Park uh, moment when I was a true believer is about 2004. There's a South Park episode where a guy gets killed and he goes he goes to the <laughs> waiting room of hell and 
he's like, wait a minute, I was a devout, you know, Protestant. Uh, why am I here? He's like, you picked the wrong religion. The other guy says, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And no, you picked the wrong religion. What was the right religion? It was the Mormons. The Mormons, Mormons was the correct answer. So mm-hmm. the next day, uh, I was in, I happened to be in ortho school at the time. And one of my fellow residents knew I was Mormon and, and, and said, can you believe this scene at South Park last night? I mean, uh, the guy made the, you know, said that the more, you know, only Mormons get into heaven. Can you, I mean, can you imagine that, you know, only Mormons get into heaven. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I find it, it, was that, it was in that moment that I realized, oh my gosh, that would really seem silly to anyone but a Mormon. But no, the church is true. The church is true. It was in that moment that I realized, yeah, I'm a little ashamed of that belief, and I could see how that could be silly to other people. So, right. right. Well, but the, the my thought about the defensiveness is this is a group who sent 50,000 recruiters out to knock on people's door and say, let me show you what we've got. And, and so when we you're believe. actively – yeah, let me tell you what we believe. And, and, and they still want to control it. And, and I did talk to a, a recent or a, a convert um, who, who's still in the church, and they we were talking specifically about this, and they said, "Yeah, but they don't tell you the weird stuff till after you're baptized." So, <laughs> so I do think it's it's ironic that they're saying, "Well, they shouldn't talk about what we believe in that way," and yet you're one of the very few groups who are actively recruiting people and telling people uh, or, or encouraging people to find out what you believe, except when it's a little weird. Yeah, well, right. they give the distilled version, but they don't want anyone else giving, you know, some other version uh, that's maybe closer to the truth. I mean, it, it, does anyone does it strike anyone else as ironic how the church is not happy with with the way that their history is represented when they themselves represent their history with a whitewashed, distilled, correlated, uh, you know, take. It's definitely ironic. I don't think that it's coming from the church. I think LDS Inc. is smart enough to not air this sort of criticism directly because they want dirty laundry uh, to be in kind of the the realm of the anti-Mormon propaganda. They don't want to have to acknowledge that any anything but the whitewashed truth is true or the right, whitewashed history is true. Um, so I think this criticism about um, the play isn't accurate is coming from the body of the church, which is being represented by statements like the PR guy. And um, I think it can be a difficult place for members to be in because maybe they just don't know the things that are that are being covered up by the church, and so they don't see that irony. But even if they do, this is a church. I mean, even if they know all the dirty things in the church history, this is something that they view as good and pure, and it's being criticized and kind of dragged through the mud, in their opinion. And so that's probably why they're trying to find things to to criticize, and that's probably why they're picking out these things and saying, "Well, this isn't true." Um, but either way, I think that most Mormons uh, who who haven't seen the show and are just basing their stance on what they've heard would say that even in the most favorable light, the music is just poking fun at what Mormons believe and saying that we're weird, um, much like the South Park episode. Do you think that's right? Do you think they're missing the boat? Is that the theme of the musical? Yeah. Uh, to me, the theme of the musical – actually, the, the theme of the episode uh, all about Mormons – it's very similar. Uh, if you guys remember, the, <laughs> the Mormons come out looking good in the end. At the end, uh, the Mormon boy tells Kyle, um, I think it's Kyle. Um, 
Stan. Stan. It's Stan. Kyle's the Jew. So it's Stan. His dad's name is Randy. <laughs> You're supposed to say the whole word, Randy. It's Jewish. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, but the end, he says, say, you know what? So what? What if Joseph Smith didn't make up all the stories? I have a great life and a great family, and I have the Book of Mormon to thank for it. And I'm sorry that you're, you know, too immature to see that. So suck my balls. And, uh, and that was just a perfect ending because, uh, it's kind of the, you know, so what if these are all made up stories? They, they work in my life. And that's, that was the point of the musical. Um, and one of the, one of the articles you had us read in Desiree News, the Brooks, David Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, he recognized the theme is that, okay, we don't have to take all these stories literally for them to have value. And his quote is, the only problem with the Book of Mormon is that its theme is not quite true. Vague, uplifting, non-doctrinal religiosity doesn't actually last. The religions that grow, sucker, and motivate people to perform heroic acts of service are usually theologically rigorous, arduous in practice, and definite in their convictions about what is true and false. You know, at the end of that South Park episode, it doesn't quite ring true. Just like Brooke says, you know, this isn't quite true. It doesn't quite ring true to me as a former Mormon that uh, any true believing Mormon would say what that kid said, that Mormon kid said. But I think what the point was is that that's what a Mormon should say. If somebody criticizes their faith, they should be like, well, so what if it's all made up? Look how great my life is. Um, I, I, you know, and, uh, and, and that's the, the musical isn't trying to portray reality. The musical is trying to say, well, this is what religion could be and probably should be. Because fundamentalist religion is not the way of the future. It's not, uh, and I agree with them, that, that that's not the way that's going to uh, lead to the best solutions for humanity. So that's the way I look at it. Well, as I was thinking about this, Randy, I'm interested in, in your take on this. Uh, the one bad guy in the show is the mission president. So it, it does have this theme of religion can be useful or at least myths can be useful it does still seem to take a swipe at orthodox religion and and literalistic uh, interpretations of religion. And so, from that perspective, is it? Why, is why it, would you, Matt? Why would you say it take a, takes a swipe at it? I mean, how do, how does it? What's antagonistic about it? I, I, and maybe antagonistic isn't the the right word, but it sure it sure seems to say at least even the even the uh, uh, the Ugandans uh, say what well, you you thought this stuff was literal. Uh, so it really does kind of kind of say if you think they're literal, you're really missing the point. So it at least does kind of somewhat condescend people uh, who take uh, these stories uh, as literal. So I do think there is a, a swipe. There is a swipe there, and and the fact that they uh, the end of the story. Uh, spoiler alert: are, are we supposed to do that? Um, they the, the missionaries ultimately aren't Mormons anymore. They're they're announced as and and the members who who have converted to Mormonism are, are told by the mission president, "You are not Mormons. Uh, you are the you 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 are not one of us." And so they create their own uh, unorthodox religion. So I do f- think from that pers- perspective, there is a bit of a swipe uh, at at least orthodox uh, religion or literal interpretation. So that's something that I think some some members, or, or certainly Orthodox members, uh, would see as offensive. And that, that, that's that's probably true. But uh, I mean, let me let me read this quote uh, by Matt Stone. Uh, he says, "I think that there's a group of people that are kind of in the middle of the two most extreme religious ideologies, which are religious fundamentalists who take scripture literally and believe religion has all the answers, and fundamentalist atheists who just hate religion." Me and Bobby and Trey always felt like there was this middle. That's that's where most of us live, meaning that we're either lightly religious or even fairly religious in our private lives, 
but in our public lives, we can be slightly atheistic. There's a catharsis in being able to really laugh at some of the goofier ideas of religion without necessarily laughing at the people practicing them. I think it feels good to, in some ways, acknowledge that certain aspects of religion are just silly. But whatever anybody's religion is, we should be able to laugh at it and at the same time understand that we should accept people who believe and have faith without dismissing their lives as unserious. I just feel like that that's the little island we wanted to land on, in the middle of these two giant extremist landmasses. I think we were surprised to find out that our little island was bigger than we thought. There seemed to be a lot of people in this radical middle that was always our intention. We never wanted the musical to pretend it had any answers. We wanted to be funny and put on great numbers and get some of our ideas out there. So the, there's a couple things I don't like about this quote, but the thing I like about this quote is is that he's saying, you look, you know, we can make, why can't we make fun of, I mean, really, literalistic belief is silly. It's it's. Well, he it's, juxtaposes two, two different, the poles are the fundamentalist believers who takes religion absolutely, literally, and then the other side, someone that doesn't believe at all. Yeah, well, I, I take, I, I just hate the term fundamentalist atheist because you can't be fundamentalist if you don't have a creed, and there's no such thing as an atheist creed. But that's a whole nother podcast. Don't be pedantic. Uh, <laughs> but just the, just the extremes about religion: someone that's a non non believer, and someone that's a, just an absolute literalist believer in everything that they read, like the flood, the Tower of Babel, all of those things being literal literal historical events. And 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 many Latter Day Saints believe all of those different things were literal things that happened. I mean, you you pretty much have to because I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, sophisticated, uh, nuanced Latter Day Saints out there that that do understand that a lot of this stuff is metaphor. But if you're if you want to do a, a sample size of the mainstream church, most of them are going to be literalist because if the Book of Mormon is historical, then the Tower of Babel is a, is a historical event, and therefore the flood is historical. Um, Adam is no as it relates to the as it relates to the Jaredites, correct? Exactly. The Jaredites tie um, into those historicity events. of the Book of Mormon to the historicity of all the mythology in the in the Old Testament. Uh, and for that matter, there's, the, there's the no way to get around that. It, you know, that, that, that's and, and what the church is set up. Go Dustin, ahead. you had a conversation recently about how important it is for some people to recognize the literalness of Cain and Ham as it relates to. Uh, the withholding of the priesthood. So the, the literal interpretation Absolutely. Uh, is is critical uh, to many uh, members' uh, belief set. Well, I think that in in the church, I mean, growing up in the church, many of us know. I mean, there isn't this middle ground, this island that they're talking about. That's kind of in the middle between literal and non-literal belief. In the church, you're raised to believe that all of this is literal. I mean, there isn't. I've I never ever got the impression that there was any other way. So, I, Randy, you're saying that there are a lot of members that, that have a nuanced. No, uh, no, no. I didn't say a lot. I, no, I didn't say a lot. Okay. I, if I said a lot, I misspoke. An increasing said, number. You know that there number. are some out there because I've talked to them. Right. And uh, what I want them to understand is they are clearly the exception. Right. Uh, and if you want to test it, go to any. Any gospel doctrine this Sunday. Yeah, go to gospel doctrine. Walk right. into gospel doctrine, and in about 10 minutes, in, raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm just not sure that the Book of Mormon, or I don't think the Book of Mormon is literal. I think it's <laughs> it's all, uh, his, uh, you know, um, uh, inspiring Metaphor. fiction. I think it's all metaphorical, inspiring fiction. And you, see, the, the, the temperature in the room will drop 10 degrees. 
Right, but I think one of the things that the musical allows for, and I think that's what you're speaking to, is that the 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 young lady, the uh, I'll keep forgetting her name, I want to call her Neutrogena Nordstrom, when she has that Not moment, Bon Jovi, <laughs> Bon Jovi, she has that moment where she's she has that crisis of faith when she realizes that she's not going to Salt Lake City, and and that there's the things that uh, Elder Arnold taught them weren't exactly true, um, and she, she she runs back to the village and she has that whole scene where she talks about. You know, and she's telling everyone it's not true in the village. Yeah, like you said, Randy, they're all saying, you know, you, you, don't, this, you didn't believe this literally, did you? I, I see. Yeah, Salt Lake creative, City isn't a place. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> and, yeah, and I remember with all the audience, we all started laughing at that point. We all kind of chuckled. Um, but but the fact that they all believe it, they believe it's they believe it exists, but metaphorically, it's a place to aspire to. It's like Zion, I guess, that you're trying to be. It's no longer a physical place that you're trying to go to. But someone that believes literally, yes, is going to struggle because when you realize that that's it's not real, it's almost like realizing that Santa Claus isn't real, and you have that moment. And so, yeah, I I think I think that the creators of the, of the musical show that you can still have religion and you can still believe these things and the people can be happy in their life and 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 not believe it literally. And, and, and is it, show it, that middle way. Is it significant that there are really two uh, people who have crisis of faith in this musical? There's the new member, the new convert, right? In in not Bon Jovi and the stalwart quintessential alpha dog Elder missionary. Price. Yeah, okay. I got an excellent quote right along with what you're talking about, Matt, by Bobby Lopez, the the third member of the Tr- Holy Trinity that yeah. made this musical. Um, he says, we're telling the story of a character who loses his faith, and we give his faith back to him yeah. by a better, more adult, more integrated way at the end. And I hope that the experience of the audience mirrors that, whether it is a religious experience or just feeling entertained, that is part of what a traditional musical can do. And isn't this this musical then, from that perspective, somewhat of a scatological uh, stage stages of faith? Uh, right. It's it's it, it can be characterized as faith promoting. That's why I, one of the troubles I have with so many of the uh, members that that are so orthodox, you know, bad mouthing the play. There is some redeeming value in it. The the language aside, there is a there is a faith promoting message in that those you can have faith in 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 religion in beliefs that may not be. 100% true and accurate. And That's there was just an article on that, uh, that, that we, we were talking about the other article, right? The uh, Amos yeah. and Andy article, but there was just a recent article uh, saying that the Book of Mormon can inspire uh, doubters to stay. And, and, it, right. and it talks specifically uh, about that, how as, as a doubter, uh, those who doubt in the, in, the, in the church can look to this musical and say, there might still be a place for me. Perhaps the tent is large enough for me who, who believes in evolution uh, or believes in uh, doesn't believe in the global flood and, and now extend the historicity to, of, of the Book of Mormon or the, absolutely. the Book of Abraham. So, or so that this, this is the one true church. It's, right. you know. <laughs> but here's the... So by the here's goodness the, of what it does for the lives of people. Yeah, but here's the rebut to that. Um, you got to be quiet. If you're going to take the way the church is set up, I mean, just last conference, what was Russell M. Nelson's message? Cafeteria Mormonism is wrong. Okay. The, the you, message, still listen, you still watch conference, dude? Uh, no, I listened to Mormon Expressions uh, review. Oh, okay. <laughs> just check. Just check. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's fair what you, what you said at this point. Uh, it, it, there is a requirement that people that hold that belief, that non-literal belief, remain uh, silent. But but the, you're going to get church discipline if you don't stay silent about your unorthodox beliefs. 
But don't you think that could just be a phase that the the if you can um, have your own orthodox as long as you're not trying to influence others, right? As long as you're not trying to recruit others into your belief. That's be silent though. But that's be silent. You can't you can't just. Well, talk. I, don't, I don't know if that's you, true. You I, can can only... I mean, you can sit a gospel doctrine class, and there there are oftentimes discussions and differing views. As long as you're not trying to recruit other people and tell them they can't believe it literally. I mean, why 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 shouldn't your opinion be be valued? I, I can only speak to my experience, and, and through Prop 102, everyone knew my view, and I was against it, and I was against it for, for a myriad right. of reasons. Uh, and and I had conversations in the hallway uh, with members, and I told them my, my stance on it. I told them my For those position. not in Arizona, Prop 102 is the Arizona equivalent of Prop 8. Yeah, yeah thanks. Absolutely, Dustin. Um, and I was, you know, I would sit in, in those those. Uh, meetings, the the Sunday school, now everybody wanted to know if I was attending and where I was going to sit because they wanted to see the fireworks, and there weren't any. Uh, but I was able to articulate an opposition uh, to that and not seek, or, or, or nobody sought any uh, discipline against me for that. So, But I don't know if that would extend to, say, if I got up in, in, in Sunday school and said, you know, we should really approach the Book of Mormon as metaphor. That certainly isn't historical, and there's evidence of that. I, I, I think you're right, Randy. There probably would be action taken so at this stage it's it's uh yeah I would, I would say prop 102 is more political than it is doctrinal right. and so Fair you enough. uh you you know you, you hit you hit the periphery you've made a lot of people uncomfortable i'm certain of it but uh you didn't hit right to the center of their their no, i i agree i do hope what was what heather said this this might be a phase and maybe this musical and and other uh, other people who, who start thinking more and more along these these lines can enlarge the tents and, and and allow this type of thinking to be more common. So this might be the beginnings uh, of a of a nice little movement. And, and and Mormon Expressions and some of the other podcasts that are out there uh, certainly are working towards that and and represent uh, at least a, a a percentage of of the members that that view that take that view. Mm-hmm. I- I certainly hope so because, you know, as 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 a secularist, I don't think religion's for me and my family. But I'm not I'm not threatened. I don't ever feel threatened by you know liberal religion. It's it's fundamentalist religion that wants to stop stem cell research. It's fundamentalist religion that wants to teach young Earth creationism in science classes. They want to uh, fight against gay rights. You know, the, the fundamentalist religion is the one that I would like to see loosen up. <laughs> And uh, and that's what I hope. That's my hope for that. This musical will begin. It's because this musical is not just about Mormonism. It's about faith in general. And I think that's one thing that Mormons tend to not catch. Well, it's hard to catch it if you don't watch the musical. Well, you know, I haven't seen it. So the only thing that I know of it are the mus are the songs that I've listened to when they were available on NPR, and um, what I've read in you know different reviews of it. And one review that stuck out to me the most was Penn Jillette's rant that he posted on YouTube that went on for like 12 minutes. According to him, the message of the musical was religious people might believe crazy things that that non-religious people don't agree with or can't understand how anybody could possibly believe those things. But religious people are good people and they try to do good things in the world by and large. Of course, there's always not jobs and people who do bad things in the name of religion, but for the most part, religious people are good people and they're people who try to do good in the world. And that is really the crux of why this recent spate of criticism towards the musical has gotten under my skin because I think the church especially very recently, has really tried to drive home that point of love the sin or hate the sin. 
the church wants everybody who is secular or, or of other religions to accept that while we may not like what certain people do in reference to any morality, but specifically lately homosexuality, we don't hate those people. And we're, um, we, we still love those people even though we don't like what they're doing. And really the message of this musical is the opposite side of that coin. It's people who are on the receiving end of love the sinner, hate the sin saying back to the church, okay, well, we don't agree with what you believe, but we like you anyway. And I think the church, and when I say church, I don't mean the leadership necessarily because they've remained silent, but the body of the church ought to, ought to take that and say okay instead of getting so upset about all of this. Right, and there should not be an orthodoxy test in order to be a member of the church, and, and too often there is. And, and I do think that, that that's, that's what I take from that and, and the message and hopefully – just kind of what you said. Members will embrace that as well and say it's it's okay if other people have different uh, views and different beliefs. Uh, you can still believe to the extent you're comfortable and engage and be involved to the extent uh, you're comfortable, and we will still embrace you and not uh, not require you to conform to my standard of of of, of orthodoxy. I really hope that's in the future for the church because I think that would be healing and helpful and good to a great number of people out there. Um, but I think that before that can happen, people who aren't orthodox have, can no longer be viewed as dangerous or as Patrick would say, having a disease. Yeah, radioactive. Well, I, I think that's where I was, I was speaking to or what I was speaking to a little earlier is this, this, this – instinctual Mormon defensiveness. It's almost like we're still back in the 1800s and the federal government's coming after us. So any t- anything we sense, it's like our spidey senses, any type of criticism, we, we, we automatically get defensive like we're under attack. There's always, there's always this siege mentality that the world is against us. And I think that there was so much effort um, done in the 90s President Hinckley, to mainstream the church. We interjected ourselves into the mainstream. We interject. We did everything we could to appear as just a mainstream Christian religion. And now we're there and people are looking at us and they're commenting or they're, they're criticizing or, or want to say anything, but, and we want to get defensive about it. I, I think it was President Hinckley that talked about uh, the, the, the light being shine, shined on the church and, and, and being out of obscurity. Well, we're out of obscurity. What do, what do we expect, people? I mean, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't be in the mainstream and be out of obscurity, but have everything be complimentary to you. Exactly. And, and, just because some, and just because something's critical or analytical or someone is skeptical about your faith or, or portrays you in a certain way, you cannot just become defensive and, and, and feel like you're being attacked. Engage in the dialogue. Put on a smile. Go along with it. There are some redeeming uh, things that can, that can come out of that dialogue and that discussion. I think that's what a lot of members are just not accustomed to doing. They're accustomed to feeling like they're always under attack, that someone's out to get us, someone's out to put us down. And again, I, I, I said this a little earlier. It's almost like it's something that I had to do growing up. I, I, I grew up in Arizona. I wanted to go to law school. I worked at the biggest law firms in town. You just get used to just – you just go about your business and do your thing. You cannot have the man's coming after me, the federal government's coming after me. The anti-Mormons are coming after me. I just learned to, to not, not even go there, don't think about that, and you just live your life and be happy. Um, but I think that a lot of times members, mem- Mormons struggle with that and oftentimes get way too defensive over things, much like, again, my, my, my mother, who is white, always taught me, you know, you don't play the race card. Well, I think Mormons oftentimes play the Mormon card or the anti-Mormon card way too much. Without a doubt. 
And not only do they do that, but they, they're very quick to throw people under the bus if they're not completely on board with the party line. Right. Which is what we see happening with this and members who like it, um, being criticized or, or bashed. Yeah, I just, I just, it just really rubs me the wrong way when I, when I see uh, faithful, active Mormons. Every time something comes up, they play the the, the anti Mormon card. You're anti Mormon, or that's anti Mormon. <laughs> well, I and think, I'm like, are really? Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> I think there's one other thing that's going on in their psyche. Uh, at least it was in mine, and I, I really do think it's part of the, the Mormon psyche. Is that Mormons, their beliefs are an easy target. <laughs> Let's just face it, they got polygamy. In their not so distant future, they got. But you know what? Own them. They got own racism. Them. They but got, own well, them. They got, they're yours. Embrace. I know, them. That's but, what I'm but, saying. But I Embrace think they're they're battle weary from constantly being compared to fundamentalists and, and polygamy. Uh, you know, the, the, the you know the church is less than 200 years old, so it's got so much stuff out there to to, to scrutinize. Pick at. Uh, you know, scrutinize, whereas Christianity's, you know, it's 2,000 years old. It's a little harder to pick out how obvious it was that that Jesus was. Uh, but you, you know, know what? Just, but but you know, Randy, what that forces members to actually—they need to think about and analyze their their faith themselves. And I think a lot of times members struggle with that. They don't want to have to think about it themselves. And so when someone asks a question, they don't know. Uh, they haven't really thought about it because they're just maybe just too used to hearing what the brethren say, and you just kind of go along. And so mentality. Yeah, and so so you just to think about something, you get defensive because you don't know, and then all of a sudden, why are you asking me that? That's that's wrong. Well, you know, you need to have an answer for things, and there's nothing wrong with actually thinking about this yourself and having a response. And and if you're comfortable with the the, the belief that you're going to get a planet, I mean, they they talk about that in the musical, you're going to get your planet. If that's part of your doctrine, then embrace it, own it, and believe it if you want to believe it. But don't right. don't be upset because someone else says you really believe that. I mean, don't be offended. Why, why wouldn't someone ask you a question like that? I mean, I had friends that saw the place that your your church really believes you're going to get a planet. <laughs> well, dude, uh, the the very prophet couldn't even own it. Or condemn it. That's that's my issue. Is either embrace it or condemn it. If you want to, if, if you want to shy away from polygamy, then take a stance and say that was wrong. It was inappropriate, yeah. even for that time. But that and God, can, did, God changed his mind about black people, you know, that light. <laughs> right. Own, so, it or, so, own it or disown it. Disavow yeah. it. Come on. And, and, but this middle middle road of, well, uh, we, we that's over. And we don't really talk about it, little, even though we practice it in our just yeah, of history. Even though we practice it in our temples, right? Uh, so, but that's the problem. Own your religion. It's yours. Own, own it. your religion. Absolutely, believe it, and and say, that's what I believe. That's exactly what I believe. In the musical. There's nothing wrong with that. If if you believe it, believe it. I mean, that's uh, that's the the main song that, that that was on the Tony Award. Is you know, the Mormon just believes. You, if you believe that, there's nothing wrong with someone calling you out on it and you saying, yeah, I believe that. I mean, that's an exercise of faith. That is what faith is all about. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get a planet, but I believe I do. Right. Listen, well, I, know, be, I believe all types of crazy things. I believe I'll be able to have will control and uh, willpower and stop eating, overeating tomorrow. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but I believe crazy well, it's things. A lot, it's a lot more plausible than getting your own planet up. I, 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 I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get, I guess, to a different point. Is that you know, believing things that aren't true, sometimes they don't end up with good things. Um, you know, uh, it, it leads to bigotry against homosexuality. Sometimes believing in false stories. So uh, to me, there is a value to truth, and I guess that's why I am a naturalist. I am who I am. Is is to me, truth matters way too much than the palliative effect of a nice fable. 
But in, and, the, in, uh, in the in the LDS worldview, if I can interrupt you, Randy, that the the truth comes from the brethren. Whatever they say is truth. It's revealed truth. So it it, it it's not tested. But I think most Latter Day Saints would say if it comes from a, a apostle, a prophecy and revelator, that is truth. Yeah, I'm, right, not, I, I, I'm not arguing that, but I'm just I'm, I'm arguing the point of believing silly stories are literally true. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's it's a double edged sword. So I I would like I would like our society to kind of move towards where the Scandinavian countries are at, where becoming more and more secular. It, it's just too dangerous of a tool. I mean, it's too easy to manipulate people. Or as you can see uh, from the most recent Mormon Expression podcast. Uh, you take crazy to the next level when you have these weird beliefs to go with, uh, you know, psychopathy. Randy, though, I, I disagree with you that, that simply believing it, that that silly stories or that that false stories uh, that they're true uh, are harmful. I think believing in dogma is, is that that's what's harmful. Uh, so believe in these stories because these stories in and of themselves are, are innocuous. It's when somebody uh, with authority says, "Now let me extend it to this." Mm-hmm. And then, then you have a, a relative no, okay, unthinking uh, following of, of of the dogma, not just the story and of himself. Even the even the Old Testament stories. Who he, cares? A donkey a donkey talked. Who cares? Well, that's that's an example of something that's innocuous. But something that's not innocuous is that how many times do fundamentalist Christians revert, refer to Leviticus to show that God hates homosexuals? Uh, so it's a double edged sword. Uh, if you can get people to believe something that's not based on any kind of exterior test to its truth value, you can get them to, to believe some harmful things. You also can get them to, to do some really cool things, uh, like help their neighbor or love their enemy. You know, there, there's, it's a double edged sword. Uh, so hey, that's, that's the only point I'm making. Hey, Randy, I want to appeal to your naturalist side here. Would you agree with me that the human mind evolved to believe in God? Absolutely. So then this is kind of maybe a moot point. There's not really – this is the the stance my husband takes. We're not going to get rid of religion. Our cognitive abilities developed in such a way that we need to explain the things we don't understand. So we're not going to get rid of religion. So let's continue to evolve a religion to an even higher uh, plane. And maybe this is is what it is. It continues to evolve to a more – That's what I would like to see. I would like to see fundamentalism get crushed. Uh, and and it replaced by uh, a more liberal, uh, you know, like it said in that quote, a more adult, a I more just like rational a seat at the form of religion. I don't need fundamentalism to be crushed. I just like a seat at the table <laughs> for the unorthodox. I'm sorry, fundamentalism scares me. They 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 just they they seem to fight against. I don't even know where I'm going with it. But can I ask another question related to the the Book of Mormon musical, Heather? Unless you had somewhere you wanted to go specifically. Um, yeah, go for it. I was actually going to, going to interrupt here in a minute and say we've gotten way off track. So yeah, you go absolutely. ahead and ask your question. I was, I'm trying to bring Randy back. I, I do my best. Um, <laughs> Rain me other, in. <laughs> the only other uh, – the, the other question I had or the, the thing that seems to get lost in this that's the other criticism and probably the more appropriate criticism is the way uh, the African people are portrayed in the musical. Does that's that exactly where I was going next. We're, we're, on, we're in sync, Heather. What that's up? right. And, and that Go was ahead. one of the Go that was one it. of the criticisms that came up in that. I think it was the one of the news articles we read. Okay, yeah, one, a lot clarification, of people, a lot of one, one clarification, and I'll shut up about this topic the rest of the podcast. When I said crushed, I didn't mean 
in a in a in a way in a violent way. I, I just want it to suffer a natural death because of musicals like this. That you know, because uh, humor is one of the best ways to convey a message. And I think this musical. I'm hoping this musical is the beginning of of kind of having us out, as a species outgrow fundamentalist dogmatic religion. So then yeah, we moved on. on. We moved on, bro. Put it away. I know, and I, I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Okay, Matt, take it away. What were you going to say about Africa? No, I'm 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 interested in what what other people think. I, yeah, did you I, say I mean, there have been other articles that have raised that issue that there have been. Well, many, I, many I, I've talking. heard other I've heard other critiques. I've heard other people say that they find that more offensive uh, than the way the Mormons are, are represented because this is satire, and satire is not going to represent the best possible representation. It's it's going to re- represent a caricature, and I think absolutely as it relates to the Mormon missionaries and the and the, and the Mormon faith. It's a caricature, and and so it, it it's appropriate satire. The question is, is it appropriate satire uh, for uh, the, is an appropriate representation, even even in a satirical setting uh, of the African uh, community? I'm I'm interested what you guys, that, especially that saw it. I think I'm limited into what I heard uh, versus you, uh, the two of you who who watched it. Uh, Randy, I I didn't I didn't come come away feeling. Too offended by it, quite honestly. I didn't feel like it was it was derogatory in any way. Um, the way the Ugandans are portrayed, I I, I didn't see that at all. No, I, uh, I know that I read recently that that that, that is a, a comment, and I and I saw that in this Mormon Times critique of the of all the different doctrinal things, and then they did as well raised you know that the Ugandans were were portrayed um, even worse than the Mormons. Well, the is Ugandans, that true? Were they? The U- no, no, no. The Ugandans are the ones that got it. I mean, remember, they're the ones that never, except for Noxzema, uh, all of the rest understood this was all metaphor. So it's really, I mean, yeah, they, I they, they come out looking smart. And actually, Bobby Lopez uh, quotes, he, he said, there's this great book I read, and, and, and this there was actually a whole podcast on Mormon Expression about this book. It's called Guns, Germs, and Steel. And it, the, basically what Jared Diamond says in that book is that we're not genetically – there's not a significant difference between all the different races genetically. The reason why whites conquered the world is because they were developed in proximity, evolved in proximity to domesticatable animals, grains, domesticatable plants. And so they're, they're, you know, they were very sensitive to the fact that you know, they weren't trying to show that Africans were inferior intellectually. Um, they, just, they just got the short end of the stick on where they evolved. And, and so, yes, Matt, you're right. It's a, it's a caricature. Um, and they pointed out in one of the articles that female circumcision, which is a huge theme in this play, in this musical. Um, but it's, it's is, a real it's issue. Actually, it happens. Well, That's a real it really happens. Well, it's, no, but there, it, it, the article pointed out that it's illegal in Uganda. Like, that matters to some small tribe. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, you're, if anyone, if you're, if you're at all familiar with Africa, you understand that. But even people that live on the other side of a small stream, two tribes, don't even speak the same language. I mean, right. it is incredibly diverse out there. And just because all these people fall within a border of a government that declares female circumcision illegal doesn't mean right. it's not happening all over Uganda. Right. Nice political, nice political statement. It's illegal. It still happens. What I thought when I read the Mormon Times critique uh, and they were going through and, and nitpicking as I saw kind of different doctrinal things. And when they got to this about Ugandans, it almost it almost seemed as though they were trying to to pander to or curry favor with the African-American community, the black community, in, in the sense that, you know, we Mormons were portrayed bad. And then right out of the article says, but 
the Ugandans were portrayed even worse. And, you know, all of the F-bombs or all the all the foul language was was uh, given by the Africans and their and their or the Ugandans and they're portray, portrayed as angry, aggressive and sexually charged. Um, and so they're, they're basically saying, you know, that the Ugandans, this was just a mischaracter characterization of, of the people. And I when I read this, I, I thought this is really interesting. This is a Mormon article talking about um, how, you know, yeah, we've been portrayed bad, but, you know, the black people were portrayed even worse. And this is why. And I, and I wanted to say, have you ever read the Book of Mormon and talked about seen how the, <laughs> the, how the Lamanites are described, how the Lamanites are portrayed? Have you read well, they anything do a good that Brigham job. Young said about black people? Come on. They do a good job of that in the musical, right? And they say, uh, and their skin was turned black, uh, yellow, right? Yeah, then he says, yeah, oh, they were actually yeah. yellow. Yeah, the yeah. Chinese are the real problem. The Chinese are the real problem. That's the no, but right. it does, so it it's does just, kind of point that out, right? Yeah, but it's just it, this article again. As it was nitpicking different doctrinal things, and I and, and I couldn't really grasp what was doctrinally inaccurate when they got to this part about saying, you know, but the Ugandans were portrayed even worse. And look at how they talked about them. I thought, really, you're really grasping at straws here, because we need to look at our own house before we start pointing at other people about how how Africans were are have been portrayed. Look at our own doctrine. Was that an appeal to the ACLU or to uh, Black Americans to say you should be offended too? Please. And that's what, that's the way I took it. It was almost like they wanted to say, hey, you guys. Get on board with us. Let's attack this this musical. See how That's they portrayed they... black people. That was the sense I got. Like they were trying to create that... and, and it, it, it landed to deaf ears, man. Because you know what? This guy hadn't seen the musical. He hadn't even seen the musical, and he's making these assertions. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so see, he misses the the part where Noxima comes back to the tribe and says. It was all a lie, and they're like, "Well, of course it was a lie," you know. And uh, you know, it, they come off so much smarter than the naive white people that are coming from the you know uh, the land where they were going to you know solve all their problems. Even from so. the beginning with uh, Hasadiga Ibowai, where they they seem to have a better uh, perspective, right? A, a more uh, evolved perspective than, than than anyone else. So, the, so from that, that, they, that they themselves are, that they themselves were going to have to solve their problems or take care of these things that they can't be looking at all a religion. I mean, they they talk about how all these different faiths have come, different religions have come to uh, Christians have come to to them and and taught these things, and it doesn't change anything. They need to solve their problems on their own. Yeah, yeah, because at the very end of the what's the very last line in the musical? You know, my real life <laughs> problems are still here, but what is what is what is uh, religion giving them? It's giving them hope. So that right. they have a positive attitude towards their life, and that positive attitude can then hopefully lead to solving their own problems. Right. Things it's haven't like, changed, but my perspective on these things can make things uh, right. better. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you need hope to, to just continue on, and I, I don't deny that. And, and I assume, is that the line that uh, Penn Jillette geeked out over? Was that the, the he, he said that was the reoccurring theme, and then that was the last line? I, I assume that's the one he was talking about. I haven't seen the Pendulette thing. Oh, you should you, everyone go Google that uh, Pendulette uh, commentary on the Book of Mormon. It's, it's yeah, uh, it's interesting. And the play ends, you know, because you, you hear Hasadiga Ibo. I don't have to say what that means. I think everyone knows. But at the very end of the play, they shout out Mahanebu Ibo, which means thank you God. So it ends with this triumphant, positive uh, uh, message towards religion and God. But the Mormons will never get there. <laughs> right. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of it, it's it's a very sweet tale. It's a, it's a it's 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 complementary of faith, a, a type of faith. It may not be the the fundamental literalist approach, but it shows that that 
believing in something can bring you happiness. It may not solve all of your problems, but the, the Ugandans were a completely different people by the end of the musical than they were in the very beginning. And, and look, religion and my connection with, with, with my ward members and my family uh, is valuable. And so from that perspective, it has enriched uh, my life. Maybe not some of the doctrines or uh, the, the certainly not the dogmatic beliefs, but from that perspective, it has there is an element of truth to that in my life. I love you guys. <laughs> Aww. Okay, well, I think we've wrapped this up really well, but there's one last thing I wanted to talk about in that criticism, uh, in that article. There's a part where the author says, the danger is not when people laugh, but when they take it seriously. And now that I think about it, that might be in, an, in a different article, but it's still something I want to talk about. Um, should creative people be responsible for that? Well, I don't think that the guy who wrote that gives the audience any credit at all to be able to parse out the fact that this is satire. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you, Heather, I'm trying to figure out what that quote means. Are you saying that people are, who aren't familiar with the Mormon faith may believe that is truly how Mormons are? That's, yes, that's exactly. the reason this musical is dangerous, not because it's funny, but because people are going to think this is actually how Mormons and, and are. And that's, that's the problem. There is, there is truth in every doctrinal statement and so to say that it's not right. is just it's misleading and and the characterization characterization of the missionaries and being bright-eyed smiley cheery optimistic about everything what's untruthful about that i mean that is the that is the message and the image that they are that the churches wanted to portray very very diligently there were one of my, wonderful one of happy my, people under under any circumstance we have a smile and optimism and faith one of my favorite parts of the musical is 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 in uh, the song when they first get to Africa, where the Africans are saying, "Here's our problems. We have everyone has AIDS. Uh, people are 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 uh, the female circumcision is happening. There's warlords all over right. the place. Tell Reality. us what your problems are." Then and, and the guys say, the, the missionaries say, "Well, uh, somebody took my luggage and my bus was late. That's right. not untrue as it relates to some of the problems that uh, the the Wasatch." People in the Wasatch Front are dealing with versus other people in other parts of the country and the world. So I think there's some truth to all of those things, the naivety well, what, and the well, doctrines. I think, well, I think what Otter, uh, Otterson, who's the public affairs guy for the church, what his what his point was wasn't – I mean, yeah, they, the church wants everyone to think that missionaries are that bright-eyed and optimistic uh, – uh, shiny face, but he said the idea that religion moves along oblivious to real world problems in a kind of in a kind of blissful naivety. So I think that he's he's he he took exception with the fact that uh, missionaries in Africa are completely clueless to the um, the suffering and the problems that Africans have to deal with. And because then the he goes on to, he goes that. on to list um, he goes on to list all the all the it, contributions it of the church in Africa. It, yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, I was, I was a missionary I in a third world country, and we were naive and blind <laughs> to the real. Well, especially when you, especially when you first arrive in the field. Think about it. You arrive, you leave, you leave in Utah, and you arrive in Uganda. There's not a missionary that has served in any of the African countries and like any third world country that didn't have that initial reaction. Like, where am I now? I mean, yeah. so to, to to say that that's not reality. I think every everyone that's served on a mission that's gone somewhere like that has has experienced that. I think the play takes it to a satirical level, and I think that's the problem he has. But my problem with what he's saying is that people won't be able to realize that it's, a, you know, it's not going to be f as funny if it's like if it's portrayed, you know, exactly as as it is in real life. 
um, you have to make it a little bit of a caricature to make it funny. And and I think people realize that. Well, that's the irony with satire. I think any of us that have been in the church our whole lives and seen a road show, you've seen the. I mean, you've seen satire. You've seen Mormons uh, uh, portray us and crack jokes about the things we do. Anyone that's ever been on a scout campout, I mean, the skits that are done around the campfire. It, it, that satire, I, I think that this was even more gentle than some of the things I've seen uh, a bishops portrayed or other leaders portrayed in a in a steak roadshow or in a, a, a scouting event. Well, think of the way that um, people are portrayed in shows like uh, what is that Mormon movie? The first one, this the Singles Ward. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the women in that in that movie are portrayed as Terrible. desperate and ugly and you know what I mean? Finding away from men. I know. Yeah. Jumping on the first. The new- but again, but if there's, there's this, again, this is going back to this defensiveness. If the assumption is if it's done by one of our own, it's okay. But if someone on okay. the outside does it, it's, we get all defensive and you're anti-Mormon and it's attacking us. Well, not only that, the satire you're going to see in a road show is not going to satirize the core beliefs they're going to satirize the cultural idiosyncrasies, uh, the goo- you know, the, 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 Mormons are self-aware that there's some goofiness about us, you know, with the Jello and the carrots, shredded carrots, and <laughs> as long and, as we're the ones funeral potatoes, yeah. But that stuff is peripheral, making fun of stuff that doesn't really matter. Um, and when you when you when you uh, portray Joseph Smith in a satirical way, when you're talking about the core foundational stories of the faith, they that 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 touches too close to home. Yeah, I can I can see that. I would agree. But yeah, going back to uh what you said at the very beginning of, of that Randy where it's it's really underestimating the audience. I think any I think anybody with a brain could admit that like a sitcom isn't an accurate portrayal of family life. Right. Every know? every husband is a schlubby uh, overweight guy <laughs> yeah. that's married to a to a hot an uh, Al Bundy. Nag, naggy wife, right? I mean, exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, so well, I want to ask one thing. Did we cover the 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 quote about active members attending uh, the musical and, and the view of them being uh, cowards looking simply for uh, a scrap of res- a crumb of respectability? You yeah, know, I think somebody we read it. that. Somebody just read that. We should that should be brought up. I've got it right here. It's uh, John Reynolds, and he wrote this in an opinion piece in the Washington Post. And he's not a member of the church. Um, and he said in the article, some Americans will allow will allow it to confirm unthinking prejudice while cowardly Mormons will applaud it, hoping for crumbs of respectability. They're look, seeking the praises of the world is what that's warning against. What, what's your take on that, Dustin? Yeah, so this, this one is another one. He, this, the whole crux of his criticism is that this is a minstrel play for our time. And if you just Google that, you can uh, – the minstrel, the minstrel shows were, were, were plays of blacks back at the turn of the century with their faces. I mean the whole characterization of Uncle Tom and dancing on stage. Again, this is going back to that like, like we're, so, we're so uneducated that we're just – we, we Mormons are trying to curry favor with the mainstream that we will, we will put ourselves on a stage and dance around and let people dance and make fun of us just so we can get some some compliments. Again, you, you can't be mainstream and not accept that you're mainstreamed, and that, and that people are going to look at you. They're they, they're going you you're part of a mainstream society. You open what, yourself what up to that. But but isn't he effectively saying that members who do this are Mormon versions of Uncle Tom? I mean, that and that's saying? that's the way I took it. I was like, wow, you're kidding me. Yeah, and, and I and I find that offensive that that somebody can't hey look at this and say like I. I don't have this thick a skin. I get the joke, um, and, and I want to be accepted yeah. so bad. 
Right. That's just silly. That's so, it's so myopic that it's it, it's it's offensive. Uh, I think, and it's just not not true. That's not why active members who are uh, entertained by it uh, are. That's why they're uh, they're com- uh, complimenting it. I definitely don't get that sense. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Have we exhausted the subject? Yeah. I think so. Over. All right. Does anybody have any last words? How so do you get I say learn to laugh at yourself, not you take life to. so you seriously. Yeah, I already gave my speech about and not, not playing the race card. Let's quit, quit playing the Mormon card all the time. Anti-Mormon card. Agreed. Well, the discussion continues at mormonexpression.com. Thanks for being on, guys. Thank you. Thank you.